close relationship with them and want to know how to achieve it. Here's your host, Ivory Lanoue, renowned angel communicator. Do you want to know more about angels? Are you ready to level up your spiritual journey? Then you are going to love my inner circle and Patreon. Membership includes great benefits like virtual workshops, mentoring programs, topical videos, interesting posts, a supportive, like-minded community, discounted sessions with me, and access to a library of videos and posts on topics you care about like angels, spirituality, healing, and personal growth. Join and begin your spiritual expansion today. That's the Angel Room Inner Circle on Patreon. Hi, thanks for joining me today. The topic is transforming grief. First, hello to my listeners in Sioux Falls, North Dakota. I see you out there and I so appreciate your support of the show. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into this. Uh, this is a recent topic for me, definitely going through it right now, which I'll talk about it more later. But let's talk first about grief itself and then we'll get into how to help yourself or somebody else transform that to go through the stages and move past it as best they can. Losing loved ones and grieving has always been part of the life cycle. When the COVID pandemic hit, the number of people dying and people in grieving escalated. The pandemic has cut life expectancy of in the largest amount in 40 years and made infectious disease the leading cause of death for the first time in a century. Families who lost loved ones in the first few years of the pandemic could not be at their loved one's side as they passed. They didn't get those last words with them. They didn't get the closure. They had to postpone memorial gatherings, leaving many to cope with their losses and isolation. Now we have war in Ukraine and the war in Palestine, the Gaza Strip. This has caused greater loss of life and people grieving even more so. Grief strips away superficialities in life. It lays bare our deepest longings and can point us to a higher purpose in life. This can make it a catalyst for positive change. So let's talk about the stages of grief. If you ever took a psychology class, you probably heard this, but it may have been a while. And those of you who don't know could find this helpful. The stages of grieving include shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and acceptance. There's a lot of shows, TV shows and movies that have addressed that. This process helps people heal after experiencing loss. The most overwhelming symptoms of grief usually resolve after one to two years. Grief is a natural experience that helps a person process the pain of loss and move toward healing. The stages of grief are not necessarily linear, which means people may not go through them in order, and they may actually even skip a stage or two. In general, though, there are seven stages, and the first one being shock. That's where you're in numbed disbelief in response to news of a loss. It may serve as an emotional buffer to prevent someone from feeling overwhelmed. Denial. The stage may entail refuting the reality of the loss or any associated feelings about it. 
Once an individual accepts reality, they can move forward through the healing process. Shock and denial are stages that help people manage the immediate aftermath of loss. It's natural. Anger. During this stage, an individual may direct their anger toward the person who died, the doctors who helped them, family members, or even religious entities. This replaces the numbness of shock and denial. It's just shifting into feeling feelings, which is good. It's important to address anger. Bargaining involves thoughts such as, I'll do anything if you just take away my pain. I can't handle this grief anymore. This stage may come at any point within the grieving process, and it's frequently accompanied by guilt. Depression is a stage where a person can experience feelings of emptiness and intense sadness. They may also withdraw from daily activities and things they once enjoyed. While this stage is difficult, it is a necessary step toward healing. Testing is the process of trying to find solutions that offer a means of dealing with loss. Sometimes someone may drift in and out of other grieving stages during this time. An acceptance, the final stage of the grieving process. It does not mean people feel okay about a loss. Rather, it means they realize the loss is their new reality. They understand that while life will not continue as it did before, it will go on. This stage may involve reorganizing roles and forming new relationships. You may wonder how long the grieving process goes on. That is very difficult to answer because there is no set duration and people move through each stage at varying rates. Symptoms of grief largely resolve after one to two years, as I said earlier. However, this timeline is different for everyone. Additionally, rather than experiencing a steady decline in grief, a person's emotions tend to fluctuate over time and they come in waves. It is common for reactions of grief to resurge after many years in response to triggers, which may include birthdays, special events, holidays, songs, talking about that person, hearing their voice on a voicemail, seeing something that they gave you, or even just seeing a picture of them, going to places you were with them. There are different types of grief, and you might not know that, but this could be useful for you. There's anticipatory grief, which is what a person feels when they expect a loss that's not yet happened. And it includes many of the same emotions someone experiences after a loss. This type of grief is more likely in individuals with dependent relationships or limited social support, but it's also common when you're dealing with someone who has dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, debilitating disease, they're in hospice, you know the death is coming, you're grieving them. Let's say they're gone mentally before they're gone physically. You're grieving the loss before the body has even passed. Normal or common grief is a gradual progression toward acceptance, and that happens to about 50 to 85% of people following a loss. Although people experience different emotions, they retain the ability to continue everyday activities. They might have emotional distress, such as crying, low mood, and longing. Complicated grief. This happens in 15 to 30% of people who experience a loss. It resembles conditions such as depression and generalized anxiety disorder. 
It may deviate from normal grief in the following ways. Absent or inhibited grief. It's a pattern of showing little evidence that they're in distress or missing the person. Delayed grief, where symptoms occur much later than is typical. Chronic grief, a pattern where symptoms persist over a prolonged period, like beyond that two years. Distorted grief, this is a pattern of extremely intense symptoms. Persistent, prolonged, or complex grief is a type of complicated grief involving intense sorrow after 12 months have passed or six months for children and adolescents. The intensity and pervasiveness of the reactions can cause disability. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my different experiences with grief. You can't be my age and not have lost a good number of friends, relatives, loved ones in general. Just, I don't think that, I don't know anybody who hasn't. So the first one that comes into my mind really falls under that complicated grief. And that is when my daughter was 15, my ex-husband, her father committed suicide and it hit us, it hit hard. Um, I was worried for her, very worried for her. And it hit me with very intense grief, which I didn't expect because he had remarried shortly after the divorce. I was remarried happily. So I loved him as her father, but I wasn't in love with him anymore. And yet I grieved hard for about four and a half years. I was worried about it. Like this doesn't seem normal to me. And I know that there were other things that contributed to that now, but I can see looking back that I definitely was experiencing complicated grief. And I remember thinking, why am I grieving so hard for somebody that I'm not in love with anymore, that I barely talk to anymore? Uh, but that's how, you know, you just don't know how grief will hit. The second one is more recent, and that's my sister, who is one of my baby sisters. She passed away in January. And though we knew she was sick, she'd had systemic lupus for 30 years. And she'd been in and out of hospitals in the year before she passed. Things were escalating, and we just had the sense. But still, when she passed, um, you know, I got to say goodbye to her on the phone because I was too sick to travel to be at her side. I had severe bronchitis, could barely breathe, but my sister put the phone up to my sister Ruth's ear and I talked into it and said my goodbye to her, which was very important to me. And I know even though she was unconscious, she could hear me, but uh, that was really hard just to know she passed when I heard the next day she had passed away. and. It's hard, and I feel like I'm still grieving that. It hasn't been a year yet versus sibling that's passed. Um, I think all of us are still really feeling it. The most recent of all is what I'm going through right now, and hopefully I can get through without getting tearful because I'm still in it. Uh, my dear friend and business partner is in hospice right now. She's been it's been a crisis going on for about seven weeks now. She's been in the hospital, had a stroke had another stroke, which just pretty much removed her personality. And now she's been unconscious for about two and a half weeks. So she's in hospice. Her death is pending. Um, it's been a hard grieving. I have a lot of things I have to take care of for our business that's pulling me away from my grief. And I resent that in some ways. And then I know I'll just, it'll be over and then I'll get to take care of business things. 
And then I'll be able to just focus on grieving and move through the stages. But right now I've had to kind of shove that down, Um, but it's really hard. And I know she's still there. Her body is still there. I visited her yesterday, but her, the personality is gone. She's not even awake. She's unconscious. So we've been grieving her before her body is gone, but her personality is gone. And I'll say it again, those of you who've lost someone to dementia or Alzheimer's, I have, it's very similar to that. It's just longer of this. So um, I feel like once she passes and we have her memorial service, that that will help us to start shifting forward. Right now we're in this nebulous area. And those of you who've been through something like this, you know what I'm talking about. Like you're, you're grieving and yet they're still technically alive. So that's what's happening on top of my grief for my sister. So I really am in a complicated grief for myself right now. So I, I've been dealing with people grieving for a very long time. I worked in mental health for 16 years before I did this work since 92, helping people grieving. I feel like what I do now with mediumship is like the ultimate form of grief counseling. And I have people come to me who sometimes I can't tell their loved one is just passed. And sometimes they're so deep in grief. I think they just passed. Come to find out they lost this person 17 years ago. That just shows you how different it is for each person. Um, I just don't judge it. I just meet them where they are and help them, try to help them and give them some closure, some peace, some love from their deceased loved one. So I want to talk about how you can heal yourself through grief. Number one, acknowledge the pain. Real grieving requires several steps. One is not going into denial or escape. And as the expression goes, the only way out is through. You must accept that there's pain involved and try not to minimize it or explain it away. Recognizing that pain and trauma and suffering are beyond us and beyond our minds is a very healthy first step in catharsis in any healing. Number two, let your grief pour out of you as a kettle of boiling water must have a spout to allow steam to escape. So too do we need a release for our grief. Crying allows your grief to pour out of you. Number three, don't beat yourself up over what you could have done differently. Obsession with the past does not help you grow. You just become submerged in the toxins of the loss. Healthy grieving is not about trying to review or change the past, but digging deeper into how to move forward. Four, recognize that love never dies. This means that you are still connected with your loved one in a spiritual way. You're not saying goodbye. You're actually saying, I will continue and I'll see you later. Number five, honor the spirit of love between you and your loved one with action. What has your relationship with your loved one inspired you to do differently in your future? As you think about your loved one, say, whatever it is that you inspired me to do, whatever you stood for, I will continue. I'm doing that for my business partner and friend for sure. Continuing the good deeds and the values of the ones you've lost has a tremendous healing power. This is a way of channeling grief into something positive, because at the end of the day, pain and grief is a lot of energy. The problem is that it's negative energy, but energy can be harnessed and turned into something positive. 
So how do you support someone else who's grieving? It can be challenging to help family, friends, or loved ones who are grieving, but you can do so by offering a listening ear, not talking to them, but just listening. A person can remind the person who's grieving that they're available to listen whenever they feel like talking about how their feet, what their feelings are, what they're going through, or sharing memories. Find practical ways to help. So instead of saying, let me know if I can do anything for you, volunteer to help in specific ways. And this could involve preparing a meal, running errands, or helping with childcare. Assure them that their feelings are valid. Remember that sadness can linger in some people for quite some time after a loss. Some days are going to be better than others. There's no doubt about it. To support a grieving child, ask the child questions to assess their emotional state and understanding of the loss. I went through this with my niece when her husband passed. They were both young and her oldest daughter was just two or two and a half and I remember asking, you know, we were asking because somebody I was a therapist, they wanted me to ask her. And I said, uh, do you do you know where your daddy is? And she said, Yes, he's in heaven. And I said, How do you feel about that? I miss him. And it can be as simple as that. You don't need to draw long. I mean, they're 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 children. They're gonna tell you what they want, they're gonna ask questions about what they want to know. And I think just addressing it simply and listening to them and let them express and then leave it alone till they're ready to talk again. Maintain the child's routine as much as possible. The same people, the same times they eat, go to bed, let them go to school, allowing the child to express their feelings. That is so important. Just make it easy for them to talk about their loved one, to talk about their feelings and whatever they want to talk about is okay. Spend time with a child doing things they enjoy. They they deserve a little break from grief too. And it can be very confusing for them when all the adults are crying. They're, they're obviously upset and they are really not, they're only understanding things at their developmental level. So in conclusion, if you are experiencing grief, please reach out for help. Ask your family, friends, neighbors, or your church for emotional support You might find local and national support groups to be an invaluable support source of comfort and companionship. Many people don't know what to say when someone is grieving, and this can leave that person feeling alone and overwhelmed with their emotions. It can be helpful to be with other people who are also grieving. They understand your thoughts and your feelings. Some will have already gone through the stage of grief you're in and can help you shift through that. And at some point, you become the one who's helping newly grieving people through their pain. It is really um, much more comfortable to talk about your feelings amongst people who get it. If a person that you know is experiencing grief, you can help them cope. Remember, just offer a listening ear, volunteer to provide a specific service, such as running errands or preparing a meal. And if you don't know what to say, stick with something like, I'm sorry for your loss. And then I want to help you. Could I run errands for you or prepare some meals? I'd love to do that. Often, those who are deeply grieving can't think about what needs to be done. They're just trying to survive through moment by moment. They have difficulty coming up with a task you can help with. But if you suggest it, they will probably be more likely to accept. And if they say no, then honor that. It's just, I'm here. If you need me, I mean it. Let me know. It's all you can do. Check in with them now and then. 
Be gentle with yourself if you're the one grieving. In the early stage, if you need to cry, cry. Let yourself isolate as much as you can and just feel it. Allow yourself to feel your feelings. The more you let yourself do that in the early stages, the faster you will shift through all the stages of grief. And the more that you try to go back to your life and pretend like nothing happened and stuff it down, it's going to come out, but in ways you won't like, like you could start feeling irritated, anxious, angry. Um, You might start striking out at people around you emotionally, verbally. Anger can come out. It's called sideways emotions coming out sideways. So grieving is more than just about your emotions. It's also reflecting on all that person who died means to you. Do your best to think of the good times together and imagine your loved one on the other side. See them radiant with health, free of negative emotions, joyous to be with the departed people they'd missed, reunited with deceased pets they adored, spending time with the angels, being in the most beautiful, most loving place that exists, because that is the reality. And you might not want to think about it, but um, I hope at some point that gives you some comfort. I know graving's tough. I'm, I, like I said, I'm dealing with it with myself right now and trying to take care of all the business things that have kind of come down at this point. Um, I have a lot of compassion. Um, this is something I also deal with in spiritual counseling. So come to me, set up a spiritual counseling session and let me help you. I, I do understand and I know what to do to help you shift forward. So tune in a little bit later if you want to go. I don't want to forget this on Patreon. I have a, a video that is going to be about transforming, recognizing and understanding complicated grief, the signs of it, when it's becoming a, a warning sign and what to do about that. So I think you'll find it helpful. Remember that you can join Patreon and have access to everything. You can join for free and have access to some things on my page, which is the angel room, same as this show. And you can also see a few things in there without even joining just samples of things. So you get a little bit, I don't want to deny anybody. I know things are tough financially these days, and I want to help as many people as I can. So it's on Patreon, the angel room. Tune in next Sunday when the topic is slowing down to enjoy life more. We all really need to look at that. It's something I've been doing for myself, particularly over the last two years, and it's helping a great deal. And in the meantime, may your angels surround you. May your angels protect you every moment, every day of your life. I hope to see you again soon. Bye. Sunday at noon Arizona time for another enlightening episode.